welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm glad to be doing this intro again. Oh, indeed. Yes. I mean, thank you very, thank you very much to our guests who helped me get through the last two weeks without, uh, without my co-host. Um, indeed. It, 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 it was, you know, difficult for me, but these people made it uh, a fun time. So thank you to Susan Burke and Matt Peters last week mm-hmm. and the week before. Thank you to Aaron Newworth and Scott Nye. Indeed. Um, but let's move on. Yeah, we've, we, yeah, we've all got places to be. <laughs> we do. We literally have places to be. Um, now, you, you were on assignment in Miami, as yeah. I talked about the last two weeks. Yeah. And you brought me back some gifts. Right. Which we'll get to in a second. Indeed. First, I want to mention we have something from the P.O. box. Yeah. But it is unclear. Sometimes people send us stuff that's like, hey, here's my movie. Would you review it for the website or yeah. something like that? The answer is probably no. No, the answer is we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Oh, but we don't like to say that on the podcast. Right. Because it encourages. Yeah. Yeah. Just anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you feel. Let's put it this way. If you feel confident. In, there we go. <laughs> yeah. The, like, here's the deal. We will review it honestly. Uh, we, we'll, we will most likely give it to another contributor to review. Yes. And we encourage them to review it honestly. Um, and in fact, I usually don't tell them where it came from. Oh, that's probably a good call. That's, yes. that's my, that's what I usually do. See, this is why you're in charge of that part. <laughs> um, so, um, because there's a lack of markings on this, I'm not, I'm not going to say the person's name yet Yeah. because I'm not entirely sure if this is a gift for us or if it's someone who wants us to look at their product. Yeah. Let's give it a look. Oh, yeah, I this... think I see, I think I see where we're going. So this looks like it's a publicity um, thing. Oh yeah, you actually this guy included a copy of an email that you, you sent to him. So uh, you apparently were expecting that. Oh that yeah all right all right. So that's not a gift from listeners. But if listeners want to send us gifts, look, you don't have to. We don't require that of you. Yeah right. But if you want to, it's yeah. Fine. The PO box is on the website. Only if you want to. Don't feel pressure. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I remember this. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, dude. Yeah. We'll all take right. Take a look at your thing. We'll, uh, we'll do what we can. Okay. So now I have a gift from you. That's right. And I have a gift from a listener. Yes, Jared, all whose right. last name I have forgotten. I'm going to go with the listener first. And I'll say he he gave me a gift as well. It turned out it was a Riddler that I already had. Um, you threw it in his face. Yeah. I said, "Hey, uh, do your research, punk. hey fucko. Uh, you may recall that I, uh, if you follow me on Twitter." I posted a photo of my Riddler wall, and this one was very clearly on there. So get with the program. Okay, well, Jared, you have wrapped this thing up like the Dickens. <laughs> this is a nice wrapping paper. I don't know how to describe it. It's very tactile. Yeah, isn't it nice? Yeah. I want to I wanna preserve it. Re, re, reuse like, it. <laughs> oh, good God. All right, feels like a comic book. Do you know what this is? I do not know what it is. Oh my god! What it's is the it? first volume of Saga, um, which is a comic book that I've heard nothing but wonderful things about. Oh, but you've not read? No, that's I, exciting. I don't know. Did I mention it on the air, or did this guy just? Jared, thank you so much. Maybe he just I knew. Totally been meaning to read this, um, and that's fantastic. It's uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn, who um, created Why the Last Man, and also oh, okay. wrote, wrote for Lost for a time. Damn, this um, is nice paper. Right? That's mine. That came as part yeah, of the yeah, gift. You, yeah, it's all part of the gift. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to read Saga. Okay, so oh, this one... I was supposed to... Yeah. 
Okay. All right. So this one is from me. Yeah. Because, yes, I was on assignment in Miami, but a good portion of my trip was spent at Disney World. Side trip. Side trip. Yeah. Miami was clearly where I wanted to go. Right. But then it's like, well, I'm in Florida. I might as well stop at Disney World for a couple of days. But, okay, I'm already surmising that in addition to Disney World, you went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I did, yes. And did you... This is amazing what okay. you got me. All right. Um, because this is this is a tie. Yes, it is. Which I like to wear. Now, it may look but, like your standard blue and silver Right, but tie. I know, because I know, yeah. that these are Ravenclaw colors. They are. Did you talk to someone? I did. <laughs> so, I, like, I'm so, like, floored right now. This is so awesome. Uh, because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Yeah. And, um... Oh, I got the full story. <laughs> okay. I have always <laughs> felt very strongly that were I in the Harry Potter world and I were attending Hogwarts, mm-hmm. I would be in Ravenclaw. Yeah. That, that's that. For people who don't know, there are four houses. It's uh, your Gryffindor, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I would be in Ravenclaw. Yeah. And you can go and get sorted. Yeah. And I won't do it. I mean, you must. I talked to my wife about this. As, as did I. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can tell uh, because I won't do it because if I weren't in Ravenclaw, it would devastate me. Now I have felt since, you know, since reading like the first book back when I was in college. Yeah. I felt like I would be in Ravenclaw. Now, Jen had gone to, I believe it's called Pottermore. This is so cool. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's the site. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jen had gone to Pottermore many years ago and she got herself sorted. Uh-huh. Um, she's in Slytherin. And then I had, I did not know this. I just assumed that it's like, oh, isn't it some kind of fucking BuzzFeed thing? And she's like, no, it's a very thorough investigation into who you are as a person. So, uh, after, uh, after finding out from Natalie, your preference, I'm like, I'm, it's like, I bet I'm Hufflepuff or something, which of course is the least threatening, the most Barney-esque. Is that uh, what you are? No, I am Ravenclaw. All right. So... You, what I that's basically what one. I'm saying is you wish you were me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is, uh, and that's the thing. So when, when I bought the tie, I was like, I hope David knows what this is because these colors are, don't necessarily announce themselves. Which is whereas, which I like. whereas the Gryffindor colors, I right. mean, they're obviously that. Yeah. But this, like I could wear this. Exactly. And no, and no one, one know, will know, but I will be wearing this at Comic-Con for sure. This is so cool. This is just, to, cool. just to see if, if people will know. Yeah, even if they won't, I will. It is. I'll tell you this. Now that it's now like, that like Ed Wood wearing women's underwear. Exactly. <laughs> you know. There's a tactile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that now that this cat is out of the bag, I will uh, use this as an opportunity to talk about how amazing the Wizarding World of Harry uh, don't Potter rub is. It in. Here's the here's your sole consolation. It is run by Universal Studios, and that place is a piece of shit. I've Just, been there pre before the Wizarding World existed. They run that place like well. You know, if I ran my way. business that way, I'd be out of business. Yeah, they ran that place <laughs> like I run a business, uh-huh. which is poorly <laughs> and not well thought out. Uh, it's just astounding. Like they'll they use your fingerprint to you know if like you rent a locker, your fingerprint is attached to your to your ticket to your card and all that. Great, sounds great. However, if you're going to do that, you got to make sure that fingerprint technology is going to work every time. Right. It does not. 
Because it sounds okay. If it's a universal, it sounds like people probably got a lot of like corn dog grease and uh, yeah. funnel cake sugar on their fingers. They're probably getting yeah. it all over the machines. And there's just yeah, and there's little things right, like, right out of the ba- box. I'm finding problems with this. It's system. disgusting. And what would happen is I would call I would call uh, like a, a an employee over and say, "Hey, it's not working." And first thing they would do is take their shirt and just wipe the. <laughs> Wipe the screen. They're like, "Oh, and uh, wipe your finger on your uh, on your shirt." Uh-huh. And part of me wanted is uh-huh. want to be like, "Hey, I'm not the issue yeah. here." All right, but uh, but it's little things like, and then you go to go on a ride, and you've got you know, it's not unusual to have a bag with you or something like that, and they force you to step out of line, go into this little area where there are lockers, put your thing in a locker because they don't have any pouches or anything hmm. for the ride. And it's just Magic like, Mountain does that here. Um, the the locker thing or the pouch thing? Um, the the locker thing. You have to like. Yeah, but that makes sense because you're going to go upside down. Like, there's no patch that that yeah. will uh, pouch that will work for you. Whereas with with uh, the mummy ride, you're not going upside down. On the you're mummy. not going upside down. There's in uh, the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. You actually do go not necessarily upside down, but you do go almost completely vertical at one point. It's like, all right, I understand that. Right. But for any other ride. They just do this for every ride, and it makes no sense. And it just it bothered me tremendously. Just hmm. Jen and I kept point kept pointing out we we'd grown so used to being so taken care of by Disney that uh, <laughs> that we look and be like, man, these guys have got to get their shit together. Do they not realize that they now have a responsibility because they are Harry Potter now? Right. People are going to them for Harry Potter. Yeah. They need to step gotta, up their game. I gotta go. You gotta go. Well, the I had the butter beer. It's delicious. Uh, yeah the the wife is not in, into the idea. Oh, why is that? Basically, because my, my wife loves Harry Potter. Yeah, as all right thinking people do. Um, but she doesn't want to make a whole trip with airfare and hotel and everything just for that. I but get. I me, guess I understand. To me, I feel like a place like Orlando mm-hmm. that has as many like resorts and is as oh sure know, corporate and tourist friendly it's got for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction i bet there's a great punk scene in orlando i bet there are awesome dive bars in orlando of people who are trying to reject that lifestyle oh i'm sure disney that, has uh, removed them a la, <laughs> much like hot fuzz uh right. many years ago right. um but yeah uh it's i know that they are going to bring wizarding world of harry potter here in if in a couple years I cannot imagine it will be as good because right. they have less room. Um, they got that whole back lot. I know, but it's just not but the they're using that for movies and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. And I, they, they, uh, have you done the back lot tour? Yeah, not for a long time, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's a, it is a lot of fun. I do like universal studios, but from but what, from fun, what like, West think, Anth- what was that to think that, like there was a time when every studio had that much like at their disposal, yeah. you know, but now they don't like most of them. Like there are independent places. There's like, there's a movie studio in, in Downey that's like in this industrial area, but then it has a residential like street in the middle of it. Hmm. Um, there's actually, it's a funny story. I think they were shooting the Santa Claus three. I was a PA on something. We had stored it down at Downey at this studio. And so me and another PA had to drive down to Downey and we were just like killing time as we put stuff away, just walking on the lot. We come over this hill. Is this is summer? Summertime. Yeah. We would come over this hill, and there's a winter wonderland suburban nice. cul-de-sac. And I think it was for the Santa Claus Three. 
Uh, I would have to assume so. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, uh, from what I hear, uh, West Anthony was telling me that they actually got rid of the, uh, universal amphitheater to make room for Harry Potter, Huh. which is kind of a bummer. Like that's actually a somewhat of a historic, uh, wait, like the amphitheater. Gibson amphitheater. I guess that's what it is. I've never been there. Yeah. I, I hadn't either, but I know that, you know, a number of albums, for example, one of the, uh, I believe the blues brothers, uh, briefcase full of blues album was, uh, was, uh, recorded there, but anyway, well, what are you uh, gonna do? but it's, uh, it is, it's so, sorry, I'm going to keep talking okay. about wizarding world of Harry Potter. I have two amazing presents right here. Indeed. Yes. It's, it's, it's Christmas. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, I was, I was hoping you would. And I figure like, well, it's a tie. There's a double, cause I make fun of you for your, your ties a lot. So now uh-huh. I'm, you know, feeding the beast, but, right. um, but they've got everything. Like, if you want, hey, if you want Ravenclaw stuff, I've got good news for you. They have everything you could possibly want. Several different types of baseball hats. Several, several different types of uh, Quidditch things, including an actual jury. Uh, jury, pardon me. Uh, uh, jersey. And um, What about shot glasses? Do <laughs> they have Ravenclaw shot glasses? Uh... I don't think so, but I think they probably have like pint glasses. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Then they've got, of course, the robes. Literally, if you wanted to wear like a white shirt and slacks and the robe and the tie and look like a student, Uh you could if you wanted to. Uh, God, I got to go. Honey Dukes. I I think I'm just going to have to leave my wife at home and just go. I think you're going to have to. And you know what? Give me a call. (laughs) I'll go with you. All Um, right. Um, So if we have uh, any listeners in Orlando, by the way. Tell me if there are good dive bars and punk bands in Orlando. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on. Okay. Let's, uh, real quick, let's talk about um, our advertisers. Okay. <laughs> I saw you pick up your phone. That's yeah, clearly yeah. what you're ready for. Obviously. All right. This episode is sponsored by Mubi. It's good. It feels good to talk about them again, David. I wasn't able to talk about them. I mean, oh, I've been talking about them nonstop. I mean, I work them into casual conversation, uh, you know, uh, down in uh, Florida. Um, It is a curated online cinema that brings its members a handpicked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Everyday movies, movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. There are a lot of great movies available right now, among them Buster Keaton's The General, a personal favorite of mine. The silent silent classic about a Confederate train operator whose beloved engine is stolen by uh, Union soldiers. Now, I recognize that does not sound like a comedy, but it in fact is, and it is one of the best comedies of all time. And also one of the most ambitious films of all time, which it seems like those wouldn't necessarily go together. In fact, I usually find that like the greater scale a comedy is, the less funny it becomes. Huh. Which is why I feel like a lot of action comedies, it usually winds up being one or the other. Yeah. You know what I've never seen any of? What's that? Is those Night at the Museum movies. I saw the first one. That seems like it's putting your theory to the test. Like, because that's a big, those are big special effects movies. Yeah. That are also comedies. And it went, yeah. And I think, I think it's almost, it's virtually impossible. I think maybe Ghostbusters is the only one to actually make it work. Um, because in the midst of the special effects, they still have Peter Venkman. Just the, the right. key is to have a main character who is in no way phased by <laughs> what is happening. And so that's why night of the museum doesn't work. Um, as a comedy, uh, 
Anyway, uh, there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. Okay. Um, before we get into the topic, something I want to bring up. It's been on my mind lately. All right. Um, feeling very self-reflective. Oh, good. Seeing uh, some of my own, I don't know, faults and prejudices as a movie or TV fan. Oh, my. And um, we were talking off mic about how I'm a little, uh, uh, maybe I respond a little too well to stuff that surprises me, even if it's even if it's not a great movie. If I didn't see something coming, I'll like it more. Right. Something else that I don't that'll make me not like a movie or TV show. Okay. The more specifically something feels like it's geared toward me, the more I have a reaction against it. Oh, sure, absolutely. And I think it's. I was thinking about this today because, you know, uh, longtime listeners know you, of course, know um, that my love for Wet Hat American Summer. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing movie. It's, a, in my opinion, one of the most important comedies of all time. Um, and you and I saw it together. Mm-hmm. And it's coming back yeah. to the Internet yeah. as a series. It's, uh, funny if, it's funny putting it that way. Yeah. It makes it sound so much smaller when you put it that way <laughs> coming to the internet you know some youtube channel i don't know <laughs> yeah um no but like everyone's back yeah and not only everyone but today it was announced some additional cast members including john ham yeah and Kristen wig yeah um and my first reaction when i read that was like ugh, there's no way i'm watching that and then i was like wait what are you talking about david this is like this sounds like something you're gonna you're gonna like but it just feels like it feels like it's too – it's so much for me that I hate the idea that I'm that easy, like that I'm that predictable maybe. Well, I think it's it, – honestly, this is how I felt when they announced uh, Arrest Development is I just – or when they announced uh, uh, an Anchorman sequel is after a while – and actually what I – who was telling me about – oh, uh, my friend uh, Joel who helped us out with the uh, the commentary – the Lord of the Rings commentary um, that – the third season of Sherlock is this as well, which is what you're talking about is fan service in this instance. Okay. Like yeah. This is yeah. Something Maybe that you're right. You're a fan of this thing. It has achieved cult status. And now so, let's, let's just steer right into that completely. So fan service in general is something I object to, but when I'm the fan in question, it's even more objectionable to me because I oh, don't sure. want to admit that I can be serviced like that. Yeah. It, that, yeah. that you want to believe that your own, tastes are more complex and that because what what fan service ultimately comes down to is just being pandered to and being told you're right all the stuff you liked before is right you want more of it don't you right right, and as opposed to and this goes to what you were talking about before um i remember years ago uh i think i saw the third the third pirates film i had i didn't have much expectation of it being good but it occurred to me what i didn't like about the second and third and especially the third film, uh, which was what was, there was a lot of stuff that was refreshing ab- about the first pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, right. people went into it thinking like I, I myself certainly did not expect that performance by Johnny Depp. And I didn't expect it to be that much just genuine fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it to be like, but also kind of sincere and how swashbuckly it was. Mm-hmm. 
and there are certain lines that were funny and all that. Then the second one comes along and the same line and the lines come back. And I, and I remember thinking like, no, no, no. I haven't seen any of the sequels, but I'm guessing the number of times the word rum is mentioned goes up. Oh yeah. It's, and just, (laughs) and that's the thing is like, there's a, there's a, a great line in the first one where, uh, Johnny Depp says, well, why is the rum gone? And it's funny. It's a <laughs> yeah. funny delivery. Um, and then she says this, and then Kira Knightley says this long explanation. And then he's like, yes, but why is the rum gone? And it's, <laughs> and it's funny. It's, it is, it is funny in that context. And then they just say it again. It becomes a recurring line. It's like, yes, but you've now robbed it of the context right. that made it funny in the first place. And the idea that this character is very tunnel vision and all that. Now it's just this recurring thing. And it's like, you know, uh, you could just do something new with these characters that you've established and we'll right. be good with it. So, but I feel like there's the fan service quality and nobody likes being the wet hat American summer, uh, follow up is going to be full of the same jokes. Is Paul Rudd going to refer to his journal as a gurnal? <laughs> is there going to be a talking can of, uh, what is it? Peas? What is it? I can't remember what it's a can of now. Beans, maybe? Something like that. Uh, I don't recall. I don't think it's that. I think I I try. I probably trust those people a little bit more than that. But I do feel like, I don't, I feel like the, the film mined whatever jokes could be had so thoroughly right. that I find myself wondering what is left. And, uh, just the fact that so many people who are in what I had American summer went on to, uh, be more famous yeah, uh, and more, you know, beloved kind of highlights the lightning in a bottle quality of that movie. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, that's, it's, yeah, maybe it's folly to try and capture it again. Plus I have, this is a bit of a tangent, but people who used to listen to previously on, will know this opinion because Sean and I used to feel the same way. It's hard for me to talk shit about a fellow St. Louisan. Okay. But I have my problems with John Hamm, <laughs> which is uh, okay. that I feel like he has way too much of a need to prove that he can be funny. Yeah. And the funny people have way too much of a desire to prove that they're friends with the super cool, super handsome madman star, John Hamm. And so he ends up making cameos in way too many things yeah uh you know when he's on children's hospital or yeah. 30 rock or be, uh, between two fir- two ferns or all that stuff it's like yes i fucking get it like i get that he's funny but you, i'm uh, i'm a little worn out by it uh i agree and especially what's what's weird is that he was a funny guy before he was don draper like he would show up and stuff that was comedy and then he got cast in this super serious thing. Right, right, right. And so part of me, cause I feel very much the same way and, and part of me feels like it's not fair of me cause like, Oh, he's just doing what he was always doing, but now it's just been completely recontextualized. Um, but I, but for me, what it comes down to is like, but he is also genuinely funny when he is trying to be fun. like, he was on, he was very briefly on, uh, parks and rec playing Leslie's assistant who's in one scene and he's just brilliantly incompetent where he says, Hey, I found, I couldn't find that file you're looking for. So I found this one and he opens it and it's empty. <laughs> and so, and, uh, yeah, so you know what? I mean, cause you're right. He is, um, 
when he was on Children's Hospital, he's funny. When he was on Thirty Rock, the first time it was funny. Yeah. Um, when he was on Between Two Ferns, the first time it was funny. Yeah. And then he makes a cameo. Every time he's on Never Not Funny, I believe he's on this week. I haven't listened yet, oh. but he and he and Jimmy have a good rapport, and he wisely knows when to let Jimmy. Yeah, it's go like, I, I, and I feel yeah. This is like in the moment, I can always appreciate if he's if he's good or not. Like, yeah. I just talked about the uh, I, on the last. The movie journal we did three and a half weeks ago or whatever, mm-hmm. I talked about uh, the Black Mirror Christmas special. Yeah. Maybe that was one before, but it doesn't matter. Um, he's great in it. Yeah. I, like, I'm not bothered in the moment, but in a general sense, when I hear... Because, I, yeah, I heard, like, John Hamm is going to be on Parks and Rec, or when I hear, you know, that he's gonna, that is being cast in Wet Hot American Summer, it's like, I don't know, you got, you got Bradley Cooper. Like, you don't yeah. need to show off anymore that you know cool people. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's and, my and own you know prejudice. What? That's like, say it out loud. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and it's it's almost like um, speaking of Jimmy Pardo, friend of the show, Jimmy Pardo, good friend, best friend. Um, the uh, <laughs> speaking of name dropping and such, uh-huh. um, but uh, you know, there's a thing that he would o- often talk about on his show, which is like obvious trivia. Where and he would always do a voice. It's like well, you know what's interesting is so and so, and and he would say this thing that people would throw out there as though it's really interesting, but everyone knows at this point, uh-huh. and that's his frustration. And John Hamm being funny is now obvious trivia, right? But people yeah. still throw it out as right. though they they're, they're the only ones that know. We all know he's yeah. a very, he's a very funny, very talented actor in a lot of different ways. And so, yeah, I, I definitely see what you mean. And and the inclusion of and that's the thing, bringing in a Kristen Wig or a John Hamm into the Wet Hot American Summer thing, it may, clearly it's almost an event and people want to be a part of it. And anytime something especially comedically is an event, I feel like right. It's yeah. not. It can't possibly be as funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. But I don't feel the same way about Kristen Wiig. I love Kristen Wiig. Right. It's. I do too. But. It, but part of me is like, why? Why was she necessary? Like, if you're if right. you're going to these lengths to bring the the old cast back, but then who, if it's who just the, the old uh, cast? Then it gets back to our fear that they're just going to repeat everything. Right. But that's the thing is like the old cast back when the you know bradley cooper became bradley cooper since then it's as did many other people why not bring in some they didn't all become bradley cooper i'm sorry what's up <laughs> like um, david Hyde pierce didn't become bradley cooper no but i love bradley cooper on parks and rec <laughs> um but just but you know what i mean like i guess they wouldn't trumpet hey look at these no names that we've brought in right. they wouldn't trumpet that that'd be weird <laughs> um but, but no uh, i see what you're saying like um why not pull from the next sure crop of up and comers yeah people who don't yet have because that's the thing like you and i knew who amy poehler was not when we saw wet hot american summer maybe not everybody else did and i don't mean to say but just if you're a fan of like the upright citizens brigade before it was right a theater and basically a comedy movement right um then you're like hey i know who that is um and a couple other instances here and there but yeah i would like to see like the two women from Broad City or like sure. John Daly and Nick Kroll or whatever. There you well, go. Nick Kroll very well might be involved because that's very his possible. relationship with Amy Poehler. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, that's the kind of thing I'd like to see. Anyway. I agree um, completely. Have you watched Kroll show? Uh, no, I haven't. I used, uh, we, when you and I used to go see a lot of comedy. Yeah. 
Um, which I went back to a comedy show this past week for the first time in a long time. It was I great. went to an improv show two um, days ago. It was very strange. Um, when we first started going to see a lot of comedy, I was not the biggest Nick Kroll fan. And I feel like I've carried some of that with me. And now it's like when I when I have watched Kroll show here and there, mm-hmm. I'm continuously like I'm repeatedly surprised that it's funny. But I think he's funny. I think I just had the wrong idea of him. Or maybe he got funnier over time. That happens. That is also possible, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Kroll Show is good, I have to say, from I've, what I've seen. I've seen very little, but it's pretty good. I've heard it was pretty great, yeah. And and okay. I just – and that's the thing is I'm so I'm so far removed from, like, the comedy world at this point. Like, just – not that I was, like, in it, but I was into it. Right, right. And, right. I mean, I haven't had Comedy Central in a long time. I don't watch anything on Comedy Central. I mean, I don't even – I couldn't even tell you, like, what, what the big shows on Comedy Central are right now. Well, I went to the UCB on Franklin the other night. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, – it was like riding a bike. Oh, I'm sure. Because I used to go – for years, I went multiple nights a week. It was yeah. like my second home when I lived around the corner from the UCB. The one on Franklin. Now there's two. Yeah, I know. Which you have to, like, specify. I haven't been in the new one yet. Um, all right. We're half an hour in. Let's get into it, shall we? Oh, jeez. Uh, first off, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. And they sound great. They're super cheap. Again, super affordable is what I mean. They're not cheap. Than they there you go. Um, and if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension... You get them for one third off and no shipping charges. That's tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. All right, let's get into it for real, shall we? All right. Um, I wanted to talk, we can keep this episode fairly short, actually. Um, but I was, this was, I want to say this was a listener suggestion, but I don't always remember. Yeah. I have a, like a, a list on my phone of possible topics. And sometimes listeners will email and suggest topics and, or, or, or comment on the website, as more people should do. Um, Absolutely. And, I mean, if they're – I'm not saying – I don't want to turn to YouTube. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want animals and monsters commenting on our <laughs> website. I, I want saw... more discussion is what I'm saying. Ugh. But sometimes what I'm saying is people will suggest topics and I'll put it on my list and I don't put – I should put like a little asterisk in reference to who suggested it. That would be nice, yeah. What were you going to say about YouTube? <sighs> so – I'm still – the concept of trolling is still kind of new to me because really? I, part of me just feels like it can't, it's not possible. I have to fight so hard not to be a troll. I've talked about this before. But I mean – I totally get the allure of it, but I have – But I think even if you – I feel like you would still even troll in – like intelligent. Like you would go you, – you'd find – you would look for something you don't like. Okay. Okay. And you would, you would find a, a feeling you would have sincerely – and you would do that. Okay. Maybe. As opposed to, for example, um, I was uh, – the the Fantastic Four trailer uh, teaser uh, just uh, posted a few days ago. And I watched it. And in the YouTube comments, there's one guy. Good God. And it's always – it's hard to tell immediately just how in-depth this person's commitment is. Uh-huh. Um, and he basically was talking about, like, he goes, he said, aside from Miles Teller, he goes, I haven't heard of any of these people. Like, this uh, this sucks. This movie sucks. Uh-huh. Or this movie's gonna suck. And it's just like, that seems like a, I don't, I think it's a dumb comment, but it almost seems like a sincere one because he, he said Miles, if he'd said, I haven't heard of any of these people, this is going to suck. And it's like, all right, this guy's just an idiot. But he said Miles Teller. So I was like, okay, well, I don't agree with his logic, but I can, 
this seems somewhat sincere, then people would respond with stuff saying like, well, Jamie Bell was in, you know, this and this. And then he would respond with like, Billy Elliot, who's that? You know, and just, and that's when you start to realize like, okay, I got it. But it's kind of funny. Yeah. But I'm enjoying just, it right now. It's, as I'm relaying it, it's kind of funny, but yeah. just, I don't know. It's, I just don't see the, I just don't see the appeal of it, of, of just go, like that, that couldn't be more purposeful. It's one thing if he were to give like a genuine right. answer and then people responded with their own absurd response. And then he decides, you know what, if they're going to be silly, I'll be silly too. But he started the silliness. Yeah. But that, you know, that one doesn't bother me. It's when, when people are intentionally racist or sexist, just yeah. to troll. That's when it's, it bothers me. Cause it's like, like, I know you're having fun down here in the comment section, but a real person made that video and now you're, yeah. uh, you're oh, contributing to something. But if someone's just being like <laughs> saying, who's Billy Elliot, that's funny. To admittedly, that, admit. that's a little funny. But, um, <laughs> oh, sort of like when you and I were on uh, 11 Points Countdown and there was a guy who commented that we're just th- three Jews. <laughs> 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 and just yeah. like, all right, guy, I don't know what to tell you. Now, admittedly, you, me, and Sam... Do, we've all got glasses. You and I both have yeah, facial like, hair. We all have kind of a similar cadence. Right, like, we're, a, like a bunch of Jews. Just like, you're, just like your standard Jew. We're all just <laughs> grasping money. And uh, that's oh, ridiculous. But um, anyway. That's very funny. Um, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. We're going to yeah. get into the topic. Sorry. Which I still haven't gotten into. Listener suggested, I think. Um, which is... So this time of year, I guess for most people it ended in... <laughs> Late December, early January, but we carry it through until the Oscars. We sure do. It's end of the year time when you're seeing everywhere, not just movies. You see a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. Best of the year, best of, you know, best. Uh, I don't know. T- top ten uh, quirkiest scarves yeah. <laughs> in the year in cinema. All these sorts of lists. Um, and uh, I think a listener asked, or maybe I just wondered. Um, what is the appeal of lists? And it goes beyond that because you find, and I'm totally guilty of this, that um, places, like uh, online news sources will now present um, articles in list form because yeah. they're more, uh, um, what, I, I don't know, they're more appealing to click on. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I know it works on me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's I, just... I like to read lists... But I'm also, as we talked about in the movie journal the, a few days ago, I have a lot of very compulsive, like obsessive compulsive tendencies. Yes, you do. And so um, lists work for me because I can count on my fingers like, um, okay, there's 10 things on this list. How many of these movies have I seen or how many of these do I agree with? Or like yeah. it, uh, it keeps me scrolling down to the next one. And I, yeah. I guess that, brought, that must be the same thing for most people. Uh I find myself reminded of uh, The Ruins. You read The Ruins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful book. It really I, is. I really loved it. Scott Never Smith. Saw the movie. It's not that good. Even okay. though he wrote the he, – he adapted the script himself. Well, that doesn't um, work. It does not. Although it's it worked for a simple plan, um, did I he, thought. Did he adapt that? Yeah. Hmm. But, um, but yeah, one of the things about The Ruins – and you don't think in terms – like the way a book is written, you don't think that – 
that beyond the content and how it is and the word choice and that sort of thing, you don't really think there's anything more than an author can do to really hammer home the emotional tone of the story. There are no chapters in yeah, the ruins. I thought that was what you were getting at. And it's just, it's just, it just keeps going because, and you come to realize that it's why it's how I was able to read the book in a couple of days. And that is yeah. not necessarily a short book, nor is it an easy book. Yeah. Uh, to read emotionally. And so, uh, because you find when you're reading it, when you're reading a normal book, you will be reading and you maybe look at your watch and realize like, okay, how, um, you know, I, I, I should probably do this other thing. How much longer do I have? Oh, I've only got five pages until the next chapter. I can read those okay. five pages and then take a break. So it's more digestible. It's more digestible. It's more, and, and, it, and it almost categorizes things. So a list Especially as far as news, if it's just one long article, it's like, okay, I guess I got to read this whole thing. Whereas a list, there's bullet points, you can get the gist of it, and and you can move on with your day. And I think there's – and maybe that's not the best instinct, but it's it makes it easy for somebody to categorize things in their own mind. I think uh, um, that's really – yeah, that's um, – I think that's exactly what it is um, and probably why I respond to it because I know if I click on a list – um, I can just read the bullet points, and if one is appealing to me, then I can read the paragraph underneath. Yeah, or I can skip to the next one if I don't, uh, if I'm not interested. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's one thing, but I feel like the other thing, um, that is a subset, is and, and that is prevalent at the end of the year is ranked lists, mm-hmm. which I think adds another element of that. Yes. Um, which is debate fodder, maybe? Yeah. Do you think that's what it is? That is, uh, yes, it is. Um, because he, uh, I'll explain some things here. Okay. Uh, we've got plenty of lists over battleshipretention.com. We've got our uh, top 100 uh, characters, movie mm-hmm. characters, our top 100 movies, mm-hmm. our top 100 directors, Direct- or is it top 50? I think it's top 100. Okay. Top 100 directors. Top 50 horror movies. Yeah. And then top 50 comedies is the most recent. All right. All of those are listener generated and they are ranked based on how many people submitted things. And then you and I would uh, be the deciding votes when it came to tiebreakers. Yeah. Um, So that's listen. So there's still debates to be had, but any listener engaging knows that it was a democratic thing. I specifically did not. When we came up with the beepies. Mm hmm. We talked about, is this going to be listener gener- uh, generated or will listeners, will we put together the nominations and they decide on who wins? And we decided, and maybe I decided and was really insistent on, no, you've got your lists already. Right. And not unlike the Oscars themselves. And I know that the nominations are different, but it's, it's essentially a list. It's a list of these are the five best, right, right. whatever. Anyway. Or eight. Or eight or whatever. Horseshit. Um, and just uh, stupid Oscars. All they all ever since two thousand nine. All they basically guaranteed is that I won't be able to remember all the best picture nominees. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, but that's I decided that no, not unlike the Oscars or anything like this. This is a you know we mentioned we've talked about in the past like with our sponsor movie. We like the idea of a curated list. Well, yeah. The BPs or the Oscars or whatever, they are curated by people who are a part of this particular organization. BP, it's us, our podcasters, our writers, 
frequent guests, that sort of thing. Uh, and we, we're going to put this together, and then you, the listener, you're welcome to respond. And right. that is it. Or even click on it just to see what your response is. Because I, yeah. I, I think I'm coming to the, to the opinion that um, publishing a list of the top ten whatever is a bit of a – it's almost antagonistic. It's almost like you're saying uh, – you're throwing it out there and saying, you know, what, uh, what do you think? Try to disagree. You know, this yeah. is – Or it's tell me I'm good. It's, <laughs> it's one or the other. Probably uh, both. It's, I think it's more yeah, more of the first thing because I, I think that's where the debate fodder comes in. Um, and I know that it's – yeah, the main reason – even though I never respond – like the AV Club, which is um, – I have two websites that I read, AV Club and Pajiba, and that's where I get like almost all my pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. AV Club at the end of the year does endless lists. Yes. You know? I love them. They have so many. Uh, I can't even think of all the different ones. They have the best movies, of course. We also have like best movie scenes. Yeah. And then there's best TV shows and best TV episodes, and then there's all kinds of things I'm not even thinking yeah. of. Um, And I've never I've never commented in the AV Club comment, se- comment section. Yeah. Um. I I don't even usually skim them anymore because sometimes it's depressing to see this thing that I love is also loved by people who are really stupid sometimes. Um, yeah, but uh, there's also uh, there's also good comments in the AV Club. But uh, I'll say this: I, uh, I do read uh, the AV Club's uh, Survivor coverage, and uh, yeah. the commenters tend to be uh, uh, pretty smart and respectful. Off topic a little bit. Actually, quite off topic. All right. The rise of Twitter and main internet hubs like YouTube and Reddit and mm-hmm. stuff like that, I think, has led to a decline in message boards. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. And like we don't, we used to have one and yeah. we don't anymore, which is why we encourage people to. But really even some use of the those ones comments. that I am members of have really decimated been decimated a television without pity doesn't even exist anymore which is uh, tragic to me um and those i feel like i feel like what we're missing there is more now we're getting these broad swath conversations you know that a lot of different people are are participating in and that in some ways that's good because you're getting points of view other than you know you're not you're not uh (laughs) self-selecting you know your points of view but you're also getting trolls and stuff like that. Whereas when there are message boards, you could get more specific conversations among, you know, having the conversations you would want to have about yeah. about something. Um, and I, I guess I wish that there were more of both. But message boards have really suffered lately. Yeah, I've I've toyed actually with the idea of starting up ours again uh, now that we do have more listeners. Um, but I feel like I think you're right. I feel like yeah. And you people know. can use the comment section. Exactly. And, and, some, and, and they do. They I, really sometimes have. I harp on it that people don't enough, but people do comment on our stuff. Yeah. I just, I'd like more discussion. I feel like our listeners are smart people. And sometimes there's this weird thing where they'll comment in some, they'll, they'll leave a comment that really should have been an email or they'll send an email. It's like, that, that needs to be a comment. Yes. Yes. But, uh, anyway, so, um, so yeah, uh, I remember the very first appearance uh, on the show of Wayne Fetterman, we were. Ta- I, I never finished my thought. Oh, I'm sorry. About AV Club, which is that even though I never contribute to those comments, I am part of me is clicking on it just to say, "All right, prove to me that you're 
that you uh, know what you're talking about and I will see how, how much or how little I agree or disagree uh, with, with the lists, you know, and, I'm, and I'll have conversations with friends, you know, you with TV stuff or my old co-host Sean, sorry, you with movie stuff, my old co-host Sean with TV stuff. Like, did you see this list? How could they not include whatever, you know, yeah. that, that happens off, off board, but um, it's still the same uh, impulse. Okay. I was, I was about to, well, don't forget your point that I interrupted. Uh, I'm, I'm putting a pin in that because I Put like, I like where we're headed here, um, which is examining our own impulses. Cause I think you and I look at lists in very different ways. Huh. Um, like you tend to have, and, and already like the idea of posting lists, yours is, yeah, find a, here you go. Uh, fuck face, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and mine is pretty good, right? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> See, I, I, I deserve to be here. Um, and in the same way, um, it sounds as though when you look at a list, you almost do it with arms folded as to be like, all right, wow. Uh, you know, impress me. Um, and I will look at you a know list. What? I, I never thought about that, but like I do when I'm reading like the, AV, again, AV club, They'll have their main list and they'll put the individual ballots, you know, and I'll scroll down and then eventually be like, huh, I guess I approve of this person. Yeah, yeah. This person's got some pretty good taste. And I, and I, <laughs> well, and I do the same, but maybe not with that tone, um, but I'll do the same and be like, okay, this, it's like, this guy seems to. Or agree- gal. It's usually a guy. <laughs> Sorry, I don't love sex in the city too. Anyway. Um. Joking, of course, it could be a gal. Frankly, at this point, I don't even really with a couple of with a couple of notable people, I don't even really I can't keep track of who all writes for A V Club anymore. It's mostly dudes now. I know. Yeah. Except for uh I guess she's not a friend of the show yet, is she? Kate Kelzig. Yeah, she's a friend of ours. She's a friend of ours, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um we're friends of her show. That's true. Um Kate, come to Los Angeles and be on the show. Come on, get yeah, with the program yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. Um, get it together. So, uh, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite phrases, uh, get it together. Okay. Um, I, sorry, everybody. Side note. Uh, Jackie Cation was on never not funny and she was, yeah, she has such a wonderful little comedy cadence sometimes. Uh-huh. And she was telling this story about, uh, the hat she was wearing and that it actually was designed by a guy of uh, like a very specific hat maker. And she thought, she goes, you know, I was thinking like I could just, I could actually sell this hat and really, and make, make some money on it. You know, it's, I I was thinking I could really do something with this. And then I thought, get it together. (laughs) (laughs) And just, and just the way she said it Uh, uh, anyway. Okay. We should have her back on. I know we've been trying to, right? Like she's, she's a very busy person, which is so good for her. Yes. I'm very, very happy happy that she's always traveling around the country and, uh, performing everywhere, and if you if Jackie Cation comes to your town, definitely go and see her. You should, yes. But it is a bit frustrating that she's never available to yeah. be on the show anymore. Yeah. In the end, it comes down to us. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Get it together. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, that's the thing. So I will look at somebody and say, oh, this person. Um, when I said it was mostly dudes, the AV club, I meant the movie reviewers are mostly dudes. That is true. Yes. Yeah. A lot um, of women writing about TV over there. That's true. Which I guess. I'm trying to think what that might mean, but that might be for another episode. That is um, another episode. But uh, wheels are turning. I know. Oh, damn this show! <laughs> so fucking interesting all the time. I know. 
Uh, How did you at home stand it? <laughs> they don't. They yeah. uh, listen to other shows. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I'll look at the individual ballots and I'll say, oh, this guy, you know, we wind up doing what you and I so often say we'd like our website to be, which is people find the writers that they not just agree with, but the writers who seem to look for the same things and say, that's my guy. If he likes something, I will, I will probably like it. Right. And thus, if he recommends something I haven't heard of or wouldn't give a second look at, maybe it's, maybe it's worth something. You know, I can't tell you how many people who like a, like a Matt Singer or a few other people whose taste I actually I agree with for the most part, say, hey, this Paddington movie, don't let the marketing throw you. It's right. pretty great. Um, and so just them saying it. him in particular. Okay. Because I think I feel in a different way, like I really like reading Matt Singer. Yeah, he's a good writer. And th- that's, that's what I respond to, even though I disagree with him more often than I agree with him, I think. You know, actually, now that – hang on. Now, now that I think about it, was he, the, was he the Paddington guy? I think so. I think most, a lot of people, people, like most people actually like it. But um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I actually do agree with him a fair amount. But, but he's also a good writer. And that's the thing. Oddly enough, if somebody is a good writer, uh, even if you don't agree with them, you're like, I, well, clearly they've put thought into it. I'm more interested in reading good writers who disagree with me yeah. than, uh, you know, I don't know, less good writers who – who I always agree with. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so to get because, to the, and if there's someone who's both, well, then I start to feel insecure. Oh, absolutely. It's like, Oh, this person is just me. If I could really write. Yeah. This person is just me. If they, if somebody paid me to write, which they never will. Cause and I if, suck. But I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not talented enough to be this person. Right. This is, this person is clearly taking up my talent in the world. Right. Which obviously means <laughs> I should kill myself. Oh, no, I was going to say kill him. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or no, her. No. Or her, sorry. Uh, we're talking about movie writers here, Dave. <laughs> right. um, but, uh, but that's the thing. So to get back to what I was saying uh, initially, I look at these lists, and yeah, sometimes I think like, okay, uh, let's, see what, let's see if you guys are wrong or right. But often it winds up being like, oh, they sure did rank this pretty high, and maybe, and it might be a movie that I haven't seen, and suddenly it becomes a priority. Or... It's a movie I have seen, didn't love that much, but the fact that it's ranked so highly, and it's not a function of like, oh, I must be wrong. Oh, the, you know, the, uh, the opinion makers, uh, they say it's one thing because, you know, I'm, I'm, I regularly disagree with what, you know, I don't love boyhood the way some people do, yeah, but, yeah. uh, but there could be some movies that I just thought, oh, maybe I should give it a second look or at least think more about it. That's a great point. Because Even if you don't give it a second look, that's exactly what I was thinking is the idea of giving it more thought last week um susan and i were talking about how um susan is one of the few people i've met i didn't know this who agrees with me about pitch perfect and about the fact that it's terrible okay um which is a fact it's undeniable okay uh everyone who loves it just clearly either hasn't seen enough movies or hasn't doesn't understand what comedy is or something like that i don't know what's going on with people who love that movie but uh they're they're missing something larger in life they're like uh the plato's like people in the cave oh nice they're they're just reacting to shadows of actual comedy and if they stepped out into the cave out of the cave into the sunlight of comedy they would understand what's really funny and that pitch perfect is just a a sad echo what's a better version of pitch perfect um no, I'm just talking about comedy in general. I'm not saying there's a better version of Pitch Perfect. I'm talking about the jokes 
on okay. display. Well, and that's the thing is I've never seen Pitch Perfect. It didn't look right. that good to me. Uh, but like, I, and that's the thing. One of the reasons I didn't see it is because when I watched the trailer, I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to be. It would appear everything. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. it looked I so, mean, it looked schizophrenic to me. A trailer, but that's, you know what? I feel this is the second week in Rome when I talk shit about Pitch Perfect. Um, but it's the same way I felt about, um, uh, about Bring It On. Where it's like, are you making f- like bring it on? Are you making fun of cheerleaders, or are you celebrating something about them? Yeah, uh, and it doesn't seem to know. And Pitch Perfect kind of doesn't know what its what its target is either. And there um, is a way to poke fun at something with a great deal of admiration. Oh, sure, like the you know the best like parody type movies sure. uh, do that. They came together from is a recent example that's perfect yeah. that clearly has a deep love and respect and understanding of romantic comedies as yeah. a as a genre but also understands them enough to point out all the things that are yeah. uh, wrong with them uh but anyway to get back to my point if it hadn't been for so many people liking pitch perfect mm-hmm. i wouldn't have had to think act like we're doing right yeah. now i wouldn't have had to actively think about why i don't like it yeah so it i think it makes me the disagreement of part of lists and, and that, you know, that ranking and, 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 um, you know, deciding where you agree or not, uh, makes me a better cinephile in a way yeah. because I'm being forced, I'm being forced now to think about, yeah. uh, why, you know, it's like, you know, two weeks ago, um, I know you listened to this episode, um, uh, Scott and I had a disagreement about Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. um, and, Nightcrawler, I mean, his opinion is clearly the minority opinion. Most yeah, people yeah. who have seen Nightcrawler seem to love it. Yeah. And so this is like the opposite of the Pitch Perfect thing. People liking the movie I didn't like. The idea of someone disliking this movie that I like and that everyone I know likes is really refreshing and exciting to me because now I have to, I'm have i being forced yeah. to think and articulate, why do I like this movie? What's good about it? As opposed to just an echo chamber of everyone saying, yeah, Nightcrawler is great. Uh, there's no reflection there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, these uh, – these lists um, invite that kind of that kind of thought, even if you don't participate in the comments or you know the tweets or whatever. Uh, they encourage that kind of that kind of internal dialogue. Well, and you know what's interesting is that um, I feel like maybe I'm maturing as a person because though I'm that'll still, happen. You got to watch that. I know. Got a lot of white hairs in my beard. I, oh, yeah, not I, as oh, many as I have. I know. I'm looking at you right now, <laughs> and I'm thinking, who's this? Who's old man winter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, because while I'm still very insecure, it used to be that if I loved a movie or didn't like a movie and then I would run across somebody who was confident in their opinion about the same movie and it was the opposite of mine. Right. My first thought was, oh, I'm wrong. I, I must <laughs> be wrong. But now as time has gone on, I've come to realize – and this isn't necessarily about me being right. It's more just – no, I had a reaction positive or negative, whatever. I had a reaction. Now, because this person has challenged that reaction, it is now my job to not even like, not even in response to the specifics that they said, I now need to look more into like what you were saying. I need to examine my reaction, where it comes from so that I, it's not about proving them wrong or proving me right. It's more just, I now have to – and not and not even about defending my point of view. It's having to dig deeper to see yeah. where it came from because not every opinion that we have 
not every reaction we have is a conscious one. And that means you have to go really deep and figure out, uh, figure out where it came from. And that's something that comes from in this, we're actually now talking about something even, you know, much larger than lists, but that's one of the things that a list can do. And people, people make fun of like how arbitrary lists can be, and they can be that. But if a list has been somewhat, even mildly well cultivated, that's what it will do. Yeah. And I think it helps. Um, they, I think lists seem arbitrary when they're treated as individual objects as opposed to part of a tapestry. Right. You know, I, when it's the end of the year, I'm glad that so many people are posting lists because you get all kinds of different opinions and you get yeah. some consensus, consensus, consensi. I doubt that's right. Um, and some outliers and you have to think about what that means, you yeah. know, and it's sort of, um, this idea of being forced to think more about something you have just either, uh, either accepted as great or dismissed as awful, uh, is why when we do our top 10, which will be two weeks from now, two um, weeks. Yeah. You got to do some catching up. I have about, damn, I think yeah. I have seven or eight more movies that I want to see in the next two weeks. Damn, Oscars bumping the uh, bumping the ceremony up like a full week. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, what was I going to say? The reason, in addition to our top ten and honorable mentions and all that, we also do underrated and overrated. Yeah. Um, and I, I like to think that in some ways, and in some ways when I do like overrated, I might be trolling a little bit, you know? <laughs> but I'm also saying, okay, Everyone seems to like this movie. I'm trying to think what my overrated movie was last year. I don't remember. Was it Short Term 12? It might have been. Probably, That's yeah. a per, actually, That's exact, a, an example of what I'm talking about. Short Term 12 was last year, right? I think so. Because um, I really disliked Short Term 12. Yeah. Um, and I – yeah, I, I, I'm not going to pretend I'm not human. I get some joy out of the fact – out of the idea of just like throwing a stink bomb in your Short Term 12 is a great party. But um, also – I feel like I'm also I'm saying okay. Everyone seems to like Short Term Twelve. Are you talking about why? Are you being forced to think about it? And then and that's the that's the overrated. Yeah. And then the opposite is when we do the underrated. You know, when I talk about Cloud Atlas, everyone you know Cloud Atlas has like a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah. is you know more than half, but that's still a D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, people think that I've had this problem before, like, like. 70, 75% of Rotten Tomatoes is not a good grade to me. I know that's three quarters of Yeah, critics, if it's 85 but, or more, that's when I start to pay attention. Yeah, yeah, 75% might be three quarters of critics, but take into consideration, like, grade on the curve here. Most of the critics are idiots. Um, so if I say, so the opposite is, so if I, yeah, when I, when I talk about why I don't like short-term 12, I am trying to challenge people to think about why they do like it. And the opposite is when I defend a movie like Cloud Atlas, mm-hmm. I'm forcing myself to think, uh, to to think seriously and deeply about what I do like about it. Well, and it's it, you know to put it into like governmental terms or or politics or something like that. President has a the president, no matter what party he's in, has the state of the union. The other party will have the re, the response, which right. often winds up being a rebuttal. It is not nearly as big, you know. Right. It is not on necessarily every network, but it is always there. In the same way, this, like the Supreme real, Court, if they if they decide something, it's never just that. There's always a dissenting opin, opinion right. written. Now that the for, Supreme, and that's for posterity. That's for anybody who wants to go back and it's like, yeah, but there was also this opinion right here. The Supreme Court thing is decreed. Like they're supposed to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. With the State of the Union, 
The president doesn't have to do that every year. He does not. And the, and, and I, I'm just waiting. Some year it's not going to happen. It'd be wonderful if that was the case. Because think? After, I think it'd be bad. The problem is that it, it's, it, it often winds up just being the same thing every year. Like very – like big generalities. Every once in a while something specific. But it's you know a, a list of things like that you want to do that you're probably not going to. Yeah, but I, I, I do think it's the president – and we're so off topic – but it's the president sort of being somewhat accountable in the sense that it's like I'm standing up here. I'm saying what I want to accomplish, what I represent at this point in my presidency. And I think it's it's good for a president to check in with the American people from time to time because if he's not getting up there or she. But if he's not getting up there. So far, it's only been so, his. I so think far. I think you're good. Um, if he's not getting up there, then he's just carrying on with his duties behind closed doors. And so um, – this contract with – I know it's with Congress, but at this point it's really with America and with the TV cameras and all that. This contract that I'm going to get up every year and I'm going to make some statements about what I believe, I think it it it, it uh, forces both the president and the people to stay somewhat engaged with one another. I have so many things to say and I won't <laughs> say any of them about the recent uh, State of the Union and uh, I'm not going to oh, say it. Oh, I should say this. I've never watched the State of the Union in my life. Oh, really? And I never will. Oh, okay. I read, I read recaps and responses the next day to see what stuck out to people. If I were to actually sit through one of those things, I'd pull my fucking hair out. I it's would be rough. so infuriated. It's rough. Yeah, there's no way I could sit through one. I don't watch presidential debates either. I can't. I can't do it. I'd lose my mind. I, I have to. I have to have that filter of here's what people took away from it. Here's the, what the reaction is. It is interesting. Both is interesting because um, off because I will watch I watch everything because I I find it all very interesting and especially debates because then then it winds up just being like theater. It's a lot of fun. But anyway, we are off topic. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is like it's it is important to have one voice again. It's not trolling. It's not like eh, fuck you guys, Billy Elliot. It's not. It doesn't have to just be that. It can be. Hey, in the midst of all of this, all of this, you know, hoopla about this amazing film or everybody just shitting on this other film. I didn't think that way. I didn't I didn't respond that way. And my voice, even though I'm only one person, I'm also thinking about movies in an in in, uh, maybe not an important way, but like in a very real way. They mean a lot to me. And I thought something different than the rest of you. And so. I'm going to say what I think. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, so when we talk about our underrated and overrated, when we talk about next week will be our, like our, what is it between the cracks or through the cracks or whatever it is we call it. I forget through the cracks, through yeah. the cracks, like movies that, yeah, to be clear real quick next week, we'll talk about movies that won't make our top 15 or our worst or underrated or overrated. Right. But that we think are worth singling out. Yes. And uh, just, and we should, um, Convenient about this off mic. Fair enough. <laughs> Set out some ground rules. Yeah. Um, and just, and that's the thing is like one of the, re- not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but one of the reasons that I like our end of the year coverage is because there's a lot of it. Yeah. There's, okay, let's just make a, let's make a list of this. We've got the BPs, which is a fairly new addition. We've got, we pick eight writers, eight of our writers every year, have them submit their top 10. And, re- and put space them out over the course of about a month and a half. 
then we compile those top uh, those tops ten uh-huh. um, into the official BP, BP top, top ten, 10 including yeah. also yours and mine. Right. So that is the definitive top ten, usually with five or six like honorable mentions. Then there is yours and mine. Uh, along with all those other things that we, you know, our honorable mentions, underrated, overrated. Then there's our between the cracks. Then there's our individual achievements, which is, hey, maybe the movie's not so great, but this thing is amazing. Yeah. And just almost a way of saying this is what the year looked like for, at this point, a fair number of people that take film seriously um, as an art form and want to get out of it as much as they can. And I feel like between all of our writers and between you and me – I'm very proud of like the lists that we put out. Me too. And the way that we do it. Yeah. Like if you like go back and look, you know, Scott and I, uh, we disagree on Scott and I, I hate that so much. I just want to kill you more than anything. (laughs) Um, he and I disagree on a lot when it comes to, when it comes to movies and when it comes to a lot of things, as it turns out. But the one thing we don't disagree on is that movies are super important (laughs) and that they can really bring out, a lot emotionally and intellectually. And so I look at his list and my first thought is, okay, well, I have two thoughts. One is I haven't heard of some of these. The second one is what does he think he's better than me? And then <laughs> what, and then the third thought is maybe he is right. Then usually around thought five or six, that's when I actually start coming around to something positive. Um, and it winds up being, I get, and I read his write-ups and I think even if I don't, even if I wind up not liking this movie, it's something that is worth seeing. This guy who thinks about – who values movies as much as I do, maybe yeah. not in the same way, but as much as I do, thought this was worth watching. This really affected him as, in a certain way. I guess it's at least worth watching for me. Now, we should wrap up pretty soon. But this brings me to another question. When you're making your list, to what point – to what extent are you being absolutely honest with yourself – that these are the top 10 and five mm-hmm. honorable mentions uh, of the year for me. Mm-hmm. And to what extent do you maybe bump something up a little bit to give it attention? I'm trying to be honest with myself right now. Yeah. Um, well, here, I'll give you time to think while I say okay. that I keep a running tab for the year and we're getting ready in two weeks to do our top 10 the week before the Oscars. And um, Obvious Child has fallen into my honorable mentions at this point. Okay. Um, and I'm considering very seriously rearranging some things to keep honorable to keep Obvious Child in the top ten because I want that kind of movie to be more respected and I want there to be more of them. Uh, and, and and so I'm struggling with myself as to whether or not to do that. I think there may have been one or two. I think there might have been an instance of that maybe a couple years ago when I think – I'm not 100%. I don't even remember. But I think Killing Them Softly was in my top ten. It's a movie I love and really respect. But I was very aware that this is a movie I want to – like it, it came and went in the theaters. Right. Nobody really cared about it. It didn't get any kind of awards attention, which it, at the very least for supporting actor for James Gandolfini should have. Um and I wanted people to at least say, hey, what's that? And so um, so I think that one might have been an instance where I kept it in to get attention. Now, here's the question. Uh-huh. Have you ever bumped any 
to show how smart you are. I don't think so. I think that's why we talk. We talk for an hour and a half at least. Now twice that every week. Yeah, I have plenty of I have plenty of opportunities to show off about what I think makes me smart. I, don't I think guess I need that's to do true. On, on the list. I'm trying to like I'm I'm really right now I'm really trying to think is that a thing I have done looking at my top ten or something like that. Uh, frankly, I think our our emphasis on honorable mentions has made it easier for me to not do that because I'll still be able to talk right. about this thing. Um. But yeah, it's – I can't guarantee that I haven't done that. I don't think I have, but I know me and I know that I'm very concerned with how people see me and mm-hmm. I want them to see me as legit. Um, but the fact that – for example, the fact that Holy Motors did not wind up in my top 10. It was in mine. Right. It was in a lot of people's and I had something of a mental breakdown when I saw the film because I didn't know how to respond um I, which is to say i kind of felt the same way about goodbye to language by the way okay all right yeah um because i thought if i like holy motors people will think i only like it because everybody else did if i don't like it everyone will think i'm stupid shit i'm out of options now, see <laughs> you what know? you gotta do is own the second one and be the contrarian yeah, but but I couldn't because it's it was tough. It was tough, and so uh, but then I realized, hey, how about this? Uh, I'll 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 uh, go with Jackie Cation. Then I thought, get it together. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so uh, so that's the thing. Uh, knowing that knowing that how people view me is a is a big thing, and that ultimately I feel like lists there's a there is a posterity quality to them, and that people will look back on a list and say, all right, this is what this guy thought about yeah. this year. Um, what an idiot. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think that's a good place to uh, start wrapping up. I guess so. Um, but you know you're not really an idiot, right? I mean, you picked out this tie. That's true. That was pretty smart. Yeah, but I needed it. I need somebody to tell me <laughs> what it, you know. I was just thinking. Well, I married a smart a, lady. That's true. All right. Um you can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where all of our movie reviews are and all of our top 10 lists. I can't think who all has been up so far. Scott, Scott is always the first one because he's always seen more than anybody else. Yeah, he really um, crams it in. Yeah. Uh, Scott, Josh, Aaron, Matt, up next. In fact, by the time this goes up, Craig. Okay. Uh, Jim Rohner is a first timer. Uh, but I don't think that's, I think he'll be the last one. I believe Rita. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember. What was that? I think Sarah. Okay. Um, I don't remember. It's there. T- there's usually like a, a consistent five year to year and then right. some, some variations. But, uh, and at this point I'm juggling so much stuff with BPs right. and, uh, and these lists that I, I cannot really keep track. Okay, so all but all the lists that are battleshipretention.com, including and as are our reviews and uh, this web, this uh, podcast and all the other podcasts in the BP fleet, you can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at the pretension, and you can and should follow follow Tyler on Twitter at tyler pretension. Um, now your other podcast is a little thing called More Than One Lesson. Yeah, that's at morethanonelesson.com. Mm-hmm. What's going on this week? Well, uh, I took a week off. I wanted to try and uh, have an episode go up while I was on vacation, but I couldn't. Uh, So uh, let's see. This week – oh, 
We're continuing our Best of Pictures series, and we are talking about Bruce Beresford's Driving Miss Daisy, which is a much better film than uh, people recall. Um, I've never seen it. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I will say that uh, an episode that went up a couple weeks ago uh, was – it's not so much an interview. I don't, I don't, I think even if I tried to do an interview, it wouldn't turn out that way. Um, we had actor, director, writer Corbin Burnson on the show, much to my surprise. Yeah, it famous was, person, Corbin Burnson. Noted famous person, Corbin Burnson. It was, it was in your home. Yeah. It he's, was, an, he's an FP. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's so interesting. The, the story that happened there was uh, from me finding out he was a Christian to him being on the show was about, I'm going to say 30 hours really because friend of the show, Steven Tobolowsky had put out on Facebook, Hey, I was in this film called Christian mingle and I had seen the trailer for it and thought, I'm sure that's probably not that great, but it's not the worst premise for a romantic comedy. Is it affiliated with the website? Uh, it's a reference to the website. I don't know how affiliated it is. I mean, they let, they, they let the film use their name, right? but it's this, this girl who, now, you know, who, have you seen the movie equally yoked? <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's, if that's around anymore. Yeah, I don't know if anyone gets that joke. Yeah. That's just you and me, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, um, yeah, it's about this, this girl who like, you know, just has had it looking for like a good man and all that. And so she hears about, and she's like done like online dating and then she finds this thing called Christian Mingle. And she's like, maybe I'll try this. So she's, you know, gets a date with this guy and it actually goes really well. The problem is that she is not a Christian. And so she has to try and figure out, okay, how do I fake this? And though I've not yet seen the film, that's not a terrible premise. And yeah. it actually gives one the opportunity to kind of examine Christian culture uh, and how easy it could be to fake that um, and how if you just say the right things or like the right things, you can fake a genuine belief in something. Did you talk about all this with uh, Mr. Burnson? Yes, we did. All right. So anyway, uh, it was a lot of fun. He's a great guy. He's got a lot of great stories. I want to try and have him on here at some point in the future. And so you can find that at more than one lesson dot com. I'm sorry I took so long. That's explaining. quite all right. My other podcast podcast is about TV. It's called Hey Watch This with Paul and David. I do that with the king of TV, Paul Goebel. This week, we'll be talking about the uh, season finale of Web Therapy, mostly because I like to fuck with Paul and make him watch shit that he hates. And we'll be talking about the series finale of Parenthood, which is a bummer for me because I have not watched the show and I was planning on watching it eventually. But I will, I'll be watching the season – sorry, the series finale. Yeah while having seen maybe one total episode in the past of the show. Um, but at not being a spoiler-phobe, I doubt that will keep me from going back and watching the rest of the series. I have a question for you. Okay, is it about TV? Yes. All right. Is it about Archer? No. Okay. Uh, and you, uh, I have not listened to the last few episodes of Hey, Watch This, so maybe you've already talked about it. Uh, Hannibal uh-huh. being, being shown in the summer. To, to the what, summer? Is, uh, what is your take? Some people view it as a as a harbinger of bad things. I don't necessarily see it that way. No, I don't think. But you know more about this than I. At do. this point, the fact to me, the fact that it got a third season, I'm, I've, I guess I've grown a little bit. I, I I've grown a little less weary that it's uh, about to be canceled all mm-hmm. the time. And NBC shares the um, the cost with a 
European production company. So oh, okay. I, I feel kind of, I feel kind of safe with that. And to me, I feel so. I guess I'm not sure entirely why they pushed it. Yeah, but it, I, I guess in the in the modern culture of TV, stuff doesn't always come back on a regular schedule anymore. Yeah. So it, I, I haven't thought that much about it. I mean, it's a bummer that I have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. But that's fine. You know, the uh, despite the TV season shifting quite a bit, the summer still tends to be a little bit fallow. So why not have a great show in the summer? Yeah, and I... I because I remember when it happened, everybody was saying like, uh-oh, it got moved to the summer. That's a problem. And I just thought, this was a show that was on Friday nights at 10. Right, yeah. Clearly, NBC is ne- was never going to treat it like a regular show. Right, yeah. And if – and but I feel like they're still kind of committed to the show. They seem, I mean, they, they renewed they a third season. I mean, I think they're maybe uh, – and this is a whole topic of conversation, but, uh, you know, networks might start – might might be starting to finally take seriously um dvr views and online views and just yeah. delayed viewings and stuff like that and starting to realize that more people might watch this show than they thought well and it's, uh, and there's some cachet in the show being uh as adored as it is yeah um by those who do watch it and it might be a thing where yeah i had the same thought and it's like all right well we want to still air the show knowing full well that people are going to – they're going to DVR it. They're going to watch it on Hulu or something like that. But we don't want it to just be an online show. So we have to air it sometime. So we'll just air yeah. it during the summer so that we're not preempting any more viable on-air programming. Maybe, yeah. And uh, You saw they cast their uh, Francis Dollarhide? I did not. Who is it? Richard Armitage, recently seen as Thorin Oakenshield. Hmm. Boo. You're not happy with that? No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> First off, it's... Uh, mm, he's not, done other things. I know. And he's I've, also not really I saw, dwarf side. I saw Into the Storm. You, you think... Okay. I was um, hoping you didn't think he was actually like Francis Dollarhide, who's supposed to be like a tower why would they make? Why would they? Why would Francis Dollarhide be three and a half feet tall? <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> I was just hoping you didn't think that. I just feel like... I, I'm sure he'll do fine with it, but part of me is just like, uh, I don't know. It's... It's hard to, it is hard to beat Tom Noonan. I'm trying to think. I feel like a. You know, like there a, are a lot of people who think of Francis Dollarhide as Ray Fiennes. Those people are incorrect. Uh, I've never seen that. I've never seen Red Dragon. I did, and he's, and of course, he's very good. Yeah, but Tom Noonan is the shit. Yeah. My vote for Francis Dollarhide would be like a uh, Michael Shannon or oh, somebody like one, that. Yeah. That's a good choice. So. Oh, now I feel like I got to think of a good one before we get going. I know. You know what? I just thought of Michael Shannon. Just off the top of your head, like just that. off the top of my head. Man, I can't. Uh, I don't know. I, and he, I don't and know. I'm not even 100 percent sure about that because, like, he just he has such a forceful presence to him that I and Dollar Hyde is supposed to try to he tries to shrink away from his from the world, but he can't because he's so imposing and all that. So such such a fascinating character. Yeah. And I feel like what Richard if- Armitage. Like, I mean, I saw all three Hobbit films, and he is not. I hate to. Maybe he, you know what? Maybe he translates better to TV than to screen because I felt like he never jumped off the screen for me. Hmm. He wasn't bad, but I felt like he never filled the screen like a character like that should. Right. Do you well, know, you know what I mean? I, when I'm when I'm always fantasy casting, I like to either gender or race switch. Okay. What about I never know how to pronounce his name, Mister Echo, slash uh, oh. at a BC from Oz. 
He certainly has the physical, physically imposing presence. He does, but I feel, but I, mm, I don't know. Because he just seems so inherent. Because that's the thing. He also, he's just so intimidating. Right. Just like the look on his face. And Francis Delahide is supposed to be someone who was cowed by life in many ways. And is only finding, you know, confidence now in his insanity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? You got a good point. You got a good point. Yeah. Now I got to think of some. You know who, oddly enough, you know, I don't think this would be right, but. If you're if you want to go like, you know, uh, like changing the race, somebody who has the right demeanor is a as a Forrest Whitaker. Right. Like big, imposing, but quiet and just very, you yeah, know, you almost a, want to take care, you almost want to take but care I also of feel him. like he's a bit older than the character. Right. To be. Exactly. All right. So. This is uh, fun to think about. Who would be the best non-white or female Francis Dollarhide? Who'd be the best Frances Dollarhide? Uh, that's what we need to think about and that's what people need to comment on this on the website on this episode who would be the best um gender and or race switched francis dollarhide oh geez hang on now hang on hang on (laughs) uh the the ladies i gotta think about the ladies robin weigert damn that's good that'd be good that's pretty good yeah we'll we'll leave it at that for the time being okay so thanks for listening we'll get you next time bye bye this program is a proud member of the battleship pretension fleet 